0: It's 11 o'clock, I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. The Chief Secretary, John Lee, confirms he's running for Chief Executive. The police investigate a phone scam in which a woman was conned out of $65 million. And Shanghai announces another round of citywide COVID testing to curb the spread of Omicron. Chief Secretary John Lee says he's resigned and will run in the upcoming CE election.
1: I indicate in the letter the reason for my resignation is that if my resignation is approved by the Central People's Government, I
0: shall plan to prepare to stand for the upcoming chief executive election. Former Security Chief Lai Tung Kwok, who had been Mr. Lee's boss, praised his former undersecretary as responsible, calm and detail-minded. He said it would be good to have someone familiar with national security as chief executive. Aaron Tam reports.
2: Lai Kwok, a new People's Party lawmaker, will be among the 1,500 people picking the next leader for Hong Kong next month. Mr. Lai said he thinks Mr. Lee is a suitable chief executive hopeful with leadership and execution capabilities and that it will be good to have someone who's familiar with national security to head the government. Another election committee member, lawmaker Alice Mack from the Federation of Trade Unions, said Mr. Lee was willing to listen to her views during her exchanges with him on the local epidemic situation. She acknowledged that Mr. Lee may not be familiar with all policy matters given that he had been a career policeman, but pointed out that the most important thing is for him to have the ability
0: to lead. Constitutional and mainland affairs chief Eric Chung says the government is considering extending voting hours for the next month chief executive election. Speaking at a virtual LegCo meeting, Mr Chung said daily infections remain high and officials have to strike a balance between infection control and the smooth operation of the event on May 8th. He said the government is studying different plans.
3: Our original plan is to reserve two hours in the morning for election committee members to vote at the convention and exhibition centre. We might now extend the voting hours and members might be asked to enter the venue at different times to avoid crowding. We're also considering arrangements for election committee members who have to be isolated because they're infected or close contacts so they can exercise their right to vote when isolated.
0: Chief Executive Carrie Lam has urged the public to take part in a three-day voluntary rapid testing drive starting on Friday. She said the government has enough capacity to follow up on the self-testing exercise, from handling positive result declarations to having enough isolation facilities and support packs for new patients. Over the last two months or so, with the support of the Central People's Government, the Hong Kong SL Government has significantly enhanced the capacity almost at every stage of our anti-epidemic work. And of course, the cases have come down quite significantly. So with a combined uh, situation of uh, lesser cases and more capacity, we are very confident that even if this uh, three-day daily RAT were to uh, give rise to a large number of uh, positive cases, we will be able to handle it. Police are investigating the biggest phone scam recorded this year in which a 40-year-old woman was conned out of $65 million. Last June, she received a call from someone claiming to be from the Beijing Liaison Office and was told she was linked to a mainland case related to, relating to the release of fake information about COVID vaccines. The victim was scammed into providing her bank details and handed over millions of dollars over the following months. Senior Inspector Yang Chun-yu said the woman reported her case to the police on Sunday.
2: A victim was contacted by the culprit every day, at least once a day, and the culprit would report the so-called investigation case progress to the victim. It makes victims believe that she was actually involved in a kind of criminal investigations in mainland China, whether there was a cross-border syndicate involved in this case. This is actually one of our directions of investigations
0: And a quick look at the weather. It will be mainly fine. The minimum temperature will be around 20 degrees. It will be hot during the day with a maximum temperature of about 28 degrees. We can expect moderate east to northeasterly winds and the outlook. It will remain fine and dry in the following few days and it will be hot during the day. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to 5 minutes past 11.00. Shanghai officials say another round of citywide COVID testing will be conducted from today to curb the spread of Omicron and the city's 26 million people will remain under lockdown. Bin
2: Chie with the details. Shanghai residents will have to undergo PCR or rapid tests depending on their previous test results. It comes as the city's daily COVID tally again reached a new high with officials reporting over 300 local symptomatic cases and some 16,000 asymptomatic ones. Meanwhile, Shanghai's Health Commission said parents who fully comprehend the health risks and sign an agreement will be permitted to accompany the children who have COVID-19 into monitoring facilities. It said parents must wear masks, eat separately, avoid sharing personal items and strictly follow all aspects of the management system. The announcement came after news and photos showing parents being separated from the infected children sparked a wave of online protests. The Food and Environmental Hygiene
0: Department says it's issued fixed penalty tickets to six people who flouted anti-COVID rules during a birthday party for National People's Congress Deputy Whitman Hung. Former Home Affairs Secretary Kasper Toy was among a number of officials who attended the party in January, and he later stepped down over the scandal. Timmy Sung reports.
3: The banquet at a restaurant in Wan Chai on January 3 was attended by over 200 people, just as the highly infectious Omicron variant of COVID was starting to spread in Hong Kong. One of the guests was already infected, and the scare landed a number of government officials and legislators in quarantine. Food and Environmental Hygiene Department officials say they have issued a total of seven fixed penalty notices to six people, who they don't name. Four of the fines are for failing to use the government's Deform Home Safe app and three for breaches of mask-wearing rules. The tickets have already been paid. The officials also say they have issued a court summons to the restaurant involved for allegedly failing to display the correct layout plan and a suitable notice regarding their air change per hour on site.
0: Meanwhile, Hong Kong reported 2,777 new coronavirus cases, 477 down on yesterday. Turning overseas, Ukraine's Deputy Prime Minister Irina Vereshuk has told people living in large swathes of eastern Ukraine to evacuate while it's still possible. The east and the southern seaboard are the new focus of the Russian offensive. The BBC's Sasha Schlichter reports.
3: Irina Vereshuk told people living in the Donetsk and Luhansk regions, plus areas around Ukraine's second city, Kharkiv, to leave for safer places before it's too late. She warned very soon they'd find themselves under fire and we won't be able to help. Commenting on Russia's retreat from Kiev and Chernihiv in the north, Miss Verishuk said this was no gesture of goodwill before a new round of talks. This, she said, was a consequence of the iron will of Ukraine's army, government and people. And she warned of even fiercer battles to come.
0: European Union leaders are facing growing pressure to sanction Russia's energy exports in the face of accusations that its troops have carried out war crimes in Ukraine. The EU Commission is proposing a ban on coal exports as part of a wide-ranging fifth package of sanctions. But the head of the European Council, Charles Michel, told the European Parliament he thought measures targeting Russian oil and gas should should go sooner or later.
2: Right now, we must do everything to make these atrocities stop. We are toughening our sanctions to keep and to exercise maximum pressure on the Kremlin. We must close the loopholes. We must target any attempts to circumvent sanctions. And we are ready to move quickly with further coordinated robust sanctions.
0: Hungary has summoned the Ukrainian ambassador as relations between the two neighbours worsen. The Hungarian foreign minister said Ukrainian leaders should stop insulting Hungary and respect its people's will. President Zelensky has repeatedly told Hungary's right-wing Prime Minister Viktor Orban that he must choose which side he is on in Russia's war on Ukraine. Relations between Ukraine and Hungary have long been frosty over the treatment of the Hungarian minority in Ukraine. The BBC's Nick Thorpe reports. In his victory speech on
3: Sunday night, Viktor Orban listed the Ukrainian president among his opponents. In practice, Hungary has taken in over half a million Ukrainian refugees and
0: has sent humanitarian aid. Mr Orban's government refuses, however, to back sanctions on oil or gas against Russia or allow weapons to be delivered to Ukraine. Meanwhile, the Prime Minister Viktor Orbán said he'd urged Vladimir Putin to put in place an immediate ceasefire. He said he'd also, he also said he'd invited Mr. Putin to Budapest, along with French President Emmanuel Macron, German Chancellor Olaf Schulz, and Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, for talks. Police in Germany have arrested suspected neo-Nazis accused of indoctrinating young people and training them for street fighting. Those arrested are accused of attacking activists and sparking violence at protests as well as targeting police. The BBC's Damian McGuinness filed this report from Berlin.
3: So far, at least four suspected right-wing extremists have been arrested. German police say they are continuing raids in dozens of buildings across the country, connected to another 46 suspects. The four men arrested allegedly ran a sports group in the eastern German city of Eisenach that indoctrinated young people with far-right ideology and trained them for street fighting. The men are accused of attacking left-wing activists and minorities, Ed Sheeran
0: has called for an end to what he described as baseless claims of plagiarism after winning his London High Court battle over whether he copied another artist's song. The British singer said there was a culture of claims being made in the hope of a quick settlement. Sheeran was accused of using a phrase from another singer's song in his 2017 hit Shape of You. The judge decided that while the songs had similarities, Sheeran and his collaborators had neither deliberately nor consciously copied the earlier song. Sport now, and golf's 15-time major winner, Tiger Woods, is paired with South Africa's former Open champion, Louis Oosthuizen and Chile's Joaquin Neiman for the first two rounds of the U.S. Masters. The group tees off Thursday morning at Augusta National around 10.30 tomorrow night, Hong Kong time. Woods is playing for a sixth Masters title only 14 months after suffering life-threatening injuries in a car crash, but he says he got used to playing in pain.
2: My back surgeries that I've had before and the stuff I had to play through, even going back to the the U.S. Open when my leg was a little bit busted, you know, those are all times that I can draw upon that I was successful, how I've learned how to block things out and focus on what I need to focus on, and uh, that's certainly going to be the challenge this week.
0: Three-time major winner Rory McIlroy says having Woods at the Masters is good for golf.
2: Tiger Woods has been wonderful for us all in this room. He creates a tension on the game of golf that no one else can. That's great for his peers. It's great for the media. It's great for this golf club. It's great for everyone. So uh, anytime Tiger Woods is involved, it's a, it's a wonderful thing.
0: Cuba to boxing, and Cuba has lifted a ban that stood since 1962, which prevented their fighters from boxing professionally. Boxers from the island have enjoyed a huge success at the amateur level, Cuba topped the sports medal table at the Tokyo Olympics, winning four golds and a bronze. Those athletes have now been given the green light to fight in the professional ring. The American boxing writer Lance Pugmire explained why this ban was enforced in the first
2: place. Due to the communist uh, regime led by Fidel Castro for many years, uh, Castro had a famous quote when um, the heavyweight T.F.E.O. Stevenson wanted to turn pro and many people wanted him to come over here and fight Muhammad Ali. Castro said, you know, It's worth more for him to have the love of a million Cubans than to have the millions of dollars that he would have, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, by by boxing. So I think it's all about the the communist principles that, you know, we're not here to uh, talk about profits as much as we're here to to talk about the regime. And because of that, several fighters, including, um, you know, the welterweight champion, Yordinas Ugas uh, from Cuba, who was fighting next week against Errol Spence for three welterweight belts, had to defect. Uh, on a boat by himself and, and a very harrowing experience and and for many boxers you know including like uh, two-time gold medalist champion Guillermo Rigondeau, um the former heavyweight title challenger Luis Ortiz and the great fighter Joel Casemayor um, these guys had to leave Cuba in order to seek the riches that boxing provides
0: Football and Carlo Ancelotti has tested negative for COVID and will join up with the Real Madrid squad for the first leg of their Champions League quarterfinal against Chelsea in a few hours' time at Stamford Bridge. Ancelotti was isolating, had been isolating at home since Real Madrid said he'd tested positive last Wednesday. The club said his symptoms were very mild. Real Madrid are hoping to exact revenge on Chelsea after losing to the Premier League side in the Champions League semis last year. In the other quarterfinal tonight, Villarreal host Bayern Munich. And the Speaker of Sri Lanka's Parliament says the economic crisis could cause starvation across the island of 22 million people and said acute shortages of essentials and debilitating blackouts will only get worse. Scarce supplies of food and fuel, along with record inflation and electricity rationing, have inflicted widespread misery in the country's most painful downturn since independence from Britain. And a look at our main headlines tonight. The chief secretary John Lee says he's confirm- confirms he's running for chief executive, and police investigate a phone scam in which a woman was allegedly conned out of 65 million dollars. The news from RTHK.
1: Cause there ain't no one more to give you no pain Let's turn.
3: hit for the band america way back in the early 70s The band itself by the way was formed in england by sons of u.s servicemen who were stationed there the lead singer dewey bunnell wrote a horse with no name when he was 19 apparently although the drug is commonly associated to being about drugs he said it's nothing at all but based on his experiences when he went back to the u.s because the song was originally called the desert song He wrote it based on desert scenery he encountered when his dad was stationed at an Air Force base in Santa Barbara County in California. According to Dewey, the horse represents a means of entering a place of tranquility, and this tranquil place was best represented by the desert, which sounded pretty good to him while he was stuck in rainy England. As for the horse and why it had no name and why it went free after nine days, Bunnell doesn't have any ready answers for that, but uh, a few listeners who've heard the song do uh, come up with a few colourful ideas and ironically a lot of people thought it was a Neil Young song when they first heard it and pointed out quite a few similarities and in a strange twist, the horse with no name replaced Neil Young's Heart of Gold at number one in the States back in the day. How are you doing? Into our second hour this Wednesday